Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Neil Plantinga on giving thanks and why it's the secret to our well-being. But all good gifts come ultimately from God, so our thanks always has a double object. The people who are instruments of goodness coming to us, but God who made them the kind of people who would do that. Neil Plantinga, next. What is gratitude? Why do we need it? And how does it change us? Dr. Cornelius Plantinga, Senior Research Fellow at the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship, explores these and other questions in Gratitude, Why Giving Thanks is the Key to Our Well-Being. Neil, what motivated you to write about gratitude? When I was teaching seminary students, I used to uh, teach them that Colossians 3 is uh, about as good a summary of what the Christian life should look like as anything in the Bible. And as you, many of our listeners would know, uh, this is a passage that often shows up in wedding ceremonies. Uh, As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these, put on love, which binds them together in perfect harmony. That's about as far as the passage goes in most wedding ceremonies where it's used. But Paul says just a little bit later, and give thanks. Sing with gratitude in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, Give thanks to God through Jesus Christ. Three times in a row, Paul urges thanksgiving as integral to the Christian life. Well, I've been interested in that and interested uh, in the fact that the psalmists often tell us not just to praise God, but to give thanks to God. And it became clear to me that in the Bible, giving thanks is a necessity and in fact, an urgent necessity and I wanted to know why. So I decided to explore the topic and to write a book about it. In the process of my exploration, discovered the reason for the subtitle of the book, Why Thanksgiving is the Key to Our Well-Being. It turns out that in the last 25 years or so, positive psychologists, a, a new group within psychology, Uh, have been studying gratitude and writing about it. Uh, Before 1998, psychology concerned itself with diseases, you know, with neuroses like obsessive compulsive disorder or psychoses like schizophrenia. But in 1998, um, a pioneer by the name of Martin Seligman said, why are we always talking about disease? Why don't we talk about positive states of mind? And since then, psychologists have studied gratitude, they've studied compassion, happiness, and they have discovered that of all the states of mind human beings can have, the single best predictor 
of health and well-being is gratitude. It's the key to our well-being. So to sum all this up, what we have here is a biblical duty. Give thanks, whatever you do in word or deed, do it with thanksgiving in your heart. Uh, a biblical duty to give thanks to God for all his goodness. And also the key to our flourishing. That's a remarkable, uh, paradoxical, delightful situation. That what is our duty turns out also to be uh, what causes us to flourish. So that's the center of my book. Just definitionally here, what is gratitude and what is it about gratitude that is that key to yeah. our well-being? Well, I define gratitude as the glad sense of having been gifted with something by somebody and therefore feeling indebted to the giver. Uh, in the 19th century, people often, after they received a gift from somebody, didn't say thank you. They said, much obliged. Hmm. There's an, a sense of obligation or a sense of indebtedness to the giver if uh, for no more than simply saying thank you. In the case of great big gifts, of course, we would do more. And in the case of our salvation, uh, we would want to um, perform a whole lifetime of good works in order to show our gratitude to God for salvation through Jesus Christ. So the size of the indebtedness can vary, but that we owe something to the giver is clear in my judgment. Now, what is it about adopting gratitude as a, a style of your life, uh, developing a light trigger for gratitude mm -hmm. uh, that helps us flourish? Well, um, there are various benefits, some of them uh, states of mind. For example, uh, one benefit of being grateful is that you are contented. You are not constantly searching for more. And you are contented, especially if you adopt realistic attitudes. If, for example, you expect your marriage to provide a measure of satisfaction, but you don't expect it to put you in ecstasy every day. Um, having realistic expectations is a key to uh, contentment that flows from gratitude. There are also, um, as everybody knows who has lost a loved one, uh, gratitude for the person who has um, been deceased, gratitude can also become our consolation. You lose somebody that you couldn't spare and it hurts and you grieve, you grieve a lot. And if the loss was huge, you may grieve for quite a while. But what you're praying for is that gradually on, your gratitude for having had this person in your life start um, to replace your grief so that your predominant state of mind when you think of the loved one is not grief, but gratitude. So Christians and of course some others too, but Christians have long known that gratitude for a departed loved one can become our consolation. But now um, what positive psychologists have discovered is that besides positive states of mind, 
that we can uh, reap from being grateful people, um, our blood pressure goes down. Hmm. Our heart rhythms regularize. Uh, we discover that our mood is more sunny side up. Uh, we find that our relationships are warmer. Um, there's, there are a host of physical benefits to being a grateful person that uh, can be added on to the states of mind benefits. So gratitude is really a, a many splendored thing and the grateful person will tend to flourish. Well, the book is Gratitude, Why Giving Thanks is the Key to Our Well-Being, and my guest is uh, Dr. Neil Plantinga. He is Senior Research Fellow with the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship and President Emeritus of Calvin Theological Seminary, and he's giving us really a wonderful uh, introduction to this book. Uh, just on a person-to-person, -person, interpersonal level, uh, Neil, you write in your book that gratefulness, gratitude, being thankful— uh, or just saying thank you, just saying thank you is a social lubricant. Right. Can you talk about that? Why? What does that sure. mean? Sure. Um, so you go to the bank and uh, they want to see your driver's license and debit card. You hand them over and they say thank you. Uh, you make you let them know what you'd like. Um, they let's say you want a cash withdrawal of a hundred dollars. They hand the $100 over and you say thank you. Uh, in, at a bank, in a store, on an airplane, uh, wherever small favors are given and received, uh, it is normal, it's ordinary, it's expectable that we would be saying thank you a lot. In fact, it's so usual that the only time we ever think about it is when it gets omitted when we expected somebody to say thank you and they just shut up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, can, it's can a I... social lubricant and um, we would, we miss it when it's, when it's uh, omitted. Uh, just to kind of in, insert something here. And I, I don't know if you mentioned this in your book, I don't recall seeing it, but is there something generational about it? It shouldn't be. Does the old, older generation, do you think tend to look for or expect or appreciate uh, thankfulness on that interpersonal level and the younger generation maybe not so much, or is that is that not valid? I, I can't say that I have particularly noticed that. Okay. Um, it may be in some settings, and it may also be that uh, culturally um, there is a greater or a lesser profusion of saying thank you. Um my, exp my experience in Asia is that sometimes people, when they receive something, uh, instead of saying anything, they just uh, do a little bow. Right. There's certainly different cultural yeah. manifestations of that. Well, now, one thing that's uh, with so many fascinating things in your book, uh, w one point that you make is Thanksgiving is found even in the Greek word for the Lord's Supper. Well, if you could explain that to us and uh, why it seems to go right to the core of right. the Christian faith. Well, Thanksgiving in Greek is Eucharistia, hmm. and it's got inside of it the word charis. In English, it would be C-H-A-R-I-S. And charis in Greek can mean both grace and also gratitude for grace. So practically the whole Christian religion is in that one word, 
charis, and it, in turn, is nested into the word for thanksgiving, eucharistia. So when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we give thanks for the gifts of our Savior's body and blood broken and shed for us. And we do so typically with a prayer of thanksgiving. And uh, all of this stems from the fact that in the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' Last Supper tell us that he broke the bread and poured the cup. He blessed the bread and he gave thanks for the cup. And Paul, uh, when he recounts what our Lord Jesus did in the night he was betrayed, says that he gave thanks for both the bread and the cup. So thanks is at the heart of uh, the Lord's Supper. And to me, um, this came home to me when I was studying for writing the book, that Jesus would be blessing and thanking on the night he was betrayed shows amazing courage. And in terms of that, uh, Jesus and also others like, well, the Apostle Paul, I think you use the expression that people, Jesus there preeminently, and then uh, the disciples were giving thanks when they were in there in trouble up to their necks. The Apostle yeah. Paul in, in prison and all the, the tribulations that he faced as well. Right. Uh, people sometimes wonder what happens to gratitude when life gets really tough. Yeah. Is it still possible to give thanks? The answer to that question is yes, and we have both Jesus and Paul as our examples. Uh, people may be inclined to bracket the Jesus example because he was divine as well as human, but Paul was a, a man. He was human like us, and he was in terrible danger almost all the time. Danger from robbers, danger from rivers, danger in the wilderness, danger in the cities. He was flogged, he was shipwrecked, he was abandoned, he was cursed, uh, and yet most of his letters begin with thanksgiving. Even when he writes them from prison, he thanks God for the saints at the church he's writing to, for their being in the same yoke of the gospel as he was. Paul uh, was overflowing with thanksgiving, even though his life was in serious peril. So the answer to the question, is it possible, is yes. And I suggest in the book that there's, you might call it a strategy that some Christians have adopted, that um, in bad circumstances, they hunt for something to be grateful for. Uh, maybe they're taking care of a loved one who has Alzheimer's, but today he remembered my name. Mm. And I will give thanks for that while I deplore his disease. One of my friends um, says, I'm not grateful that I have to clean up after Thanksgiving dinner, but I am thankful that the cleanup means I was just surrounded by family and friends. You find something in a troubling set of circumstances to give thanks for. And uh, I think that strategy is part of the key to gratitude causing flourishing in our lives. And as you mentioned, giving thanks, it's, a, it's really a command. It's a duty yeah. throughout Scripture. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. And I, th I think it's, uh, it's evident 
that God's commands are all intended for, they are not arbitrary, they are all intended to help us flourish. They're like the owner's guide to your car. Uh, yes, if you want your car to last, it is your duty to get the oil changed regularly. But if you do do that, uh, you will find that your car operates better. God's commands are uh, like that, like a car owner's manual. Um, don't murder, uh, don't steal, uh, do honor the Lord's day, do honor your parents, uh, do worship God alone, uh, live your life this way, and you will thrive. Well, the book is Gratitude, Why Giving Thanks is the Key to Our Well-Being. My guest is Dr. Neil Plantinga, the author. What are some major uh, hindrances, uh, blocks to being uh, grateful? Well, there are, there are some that we can't help. Um, depressed people will often find their gratitude lessening. Mm -hmm. uh, people with anxiety disorders, uh, people with shame disorders... Um, and then there are some givers who attach strings or whose attitude tells you that they're giving you a gift is some kind of an attempt to manipulate you. Uh, those things can hinder our gratitude, but so can some of our um, disordered states of mind and our sins. If I am greedy, if I never think I have enough, that's going to make gratitude uphill work. If I am um, apathetic, if I say to the world and to God, you are not interesting, uh, gratitude is going to be difficult for me. If I resent um, people who have the wherewithal to give me a gift, if I envy them, my gratitude is going to be slow in coming. And of course, if I'm cynical, if I suspect everybody's motives, if I think to myself, okay, he just gave me a gift. Uh, what's really behind this? What does he want? He really, what, what is he really after? Mm -hmm. Or if I am um, cursed with a sense of self-sufficiency, I don't need anything. I've got everything I need. And then uh, gifts will all look superfluous. And of course, if I'm self-centered, if I have uh, a sense of entitlement, if I think that I have earned everything good that comes to me, then uh, forget about gratitude. It's not going to happen. And 1 Corinthians 4, 7, at least a part of it, goes right directly to what you just said. If we think we're entitled, and yet the Scripture yeah. asks, what do we have that wasn't first given to us. Yeah. What do you have that you have not received? And when you start to think about it, precious little. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, and I know our time is going very quickly, but in terms of our sanctification, in terms of our growing in Christ-likeness, and, and you talk about this a fair amount in your book, uh, Gratitude, Why Giving Thanks is the Key to Our Well-Being. What is the role of gratitude there? In other words, how does it attack, the older word is mortify, but various sins in our life? Well, the, the grateful person is not going to feel entitled. So you are mortifying any tendency that you have toward feeling entitled. It's, uh, the grateful person is not going to feel self-sufficient. 
you mortify any tendency toward self-sufficiency. And the same with the other blocks and hindrances, with apathy and cynicism and so on. The grateful person, the person who cultivates gratitude, uh, prays for it, uh, recognizes it as a central to their uh, Christ-likeness, that person is uh, going to be overcoming a great deal of the, of the obstacles that I mentioned. And at the same time, uh, this person is going to look for opportunities to express gratitude to God, not only in their prayers, but also in how they live. The uh, Heidelberg Catechism, one of the gems of the Reformed tradition, uh, says in its third section that our whole lives have to be lived in gratitude to God, expressed both in prayer and in good deeds. Jonathan Edwards, America's greatest theologian and one of the great, great Reformed theologians, said that for the Christian hoping to show gratitude to God, they need good deeds to become their central practice, just as medicine is the central practice of a physician. So uh, operating that way, we can mortify our old selves and vivify our new ones with the use of gratitude. And you talked about uh, a question I was going to ask you, I think next, was how can we cultivate gratitude? And you say that we can cultivate gratitude uh, by simply praying for it, by asking God for it. And then you have some some even uh, practical uh, things. You said they might even seem a little bit uh, quaint, perhaps, but one, uh, uh, keeping a journal, making lists, uh, keeping a happiness jar. Yeah, I think it's important for all of us um, to remember that the Christian life, that virtues in the Christian life are God's gift, but also our calling. And there's no estimating the percentages there. They are God's gift. If I have a grateful heart, I owe God thanks for having softened it and and turned it gratefully toward its giver. They are God's gift, but they are also our calling. That's why Paul says three times in a row, be grateful. So how do you do that? Well, there are some time-tested practices. One of them is counting your blessings. At the end of the day, you write in your journal five things, let's say. Five things that today blessed you. And if you keep your journal, you can look a year later and see whether there are patterns in the gifts that have come to you and whether there have been some new ones as well. Journaling, uh, photo journaling, some people take pictures of things they are grateful for and keep them. Some folks write notes uh, and drop them in a happiness jar, notes of things that bless them. Um, There are people who argue with themselves that they ought to be more grateful. Maybe they're envious of a coworker who's paid more but the co-worker uh, makes the whole firm more profitable, so I get paid more too. And I say to myself, you dimwit, you, you ought to be grateful for this person. Uh, if you keep being annoying with your envy, uh, she's going to quit and then you're going to make less money. You argue with yourself, or uh, this is a famous one from C.S. Lewis, pretend you are grateful until you are. Act grateful. Speak gratefully. And somehow your attitudes tend to come along like a caboose on this train. 
So yes, there are practices and there is prayer. Well, and there's so many connections that you make in your book between gratitude and various other uh, virtues, various other inclinations. In other words, you say, well, for one example, there is a tremendous connection between gratitude and generosity. Yes. Yeah, gratitude has uh, wonderful um, benefits. Uh, I already mentioned that it can be our consolation. Uh, It can um, also produce uh, generosity in us, contentment and generosity. Um, I say in the book that uh, back in the day when I was charged with raising money for Calvin Seminary, um, I ran into people again and again and again who said, God has blessed us so much. Of course we'll help our seminary. Their their sense of gratitude uh, was driving their generosity. Well, Dr. Neil Plantinga, my guest, the book is Gratitude, Why Giving Thanks is the Key to Our Well-Being. And of course, we've touched on quite a number of them, but I mean, if we were to make a list of why we are grateful to God, I mean, that list is really infinite. Inexhaustible. Yep. Yeah. And of course, uh, central in the biblical presentation of God's work uh, is the death and resurrection of our Savior. That's the center of what we are grateful for. But God is uh, not only a, a mighty redeemer, God is also an imaginative creator. And in front of a blazing sunset, it is so fine to have somebody to thank. This is an occasion where an atheist Uh, may feel frustrated, and some have written that they feel frustrated. They have nobody to thank. But we have not only redemption to give thanks for, we have uh, burbling streams and uh, migrating geese who ski to a stop on a pond. Uh, We have uh, lush forests and uh, wonderful freshwater lakes. I live 30 miles from the eastern shore of Lake Michigan, The eastern shore consists of over 300 miles of sandy beach and sand dunes on fresh water, unique in the world. And I have lived right beside it uh, since I was four years old. What does our gratitude hinge on? Our gratitude hinges on exactly what you quoted Paul as saying, that um, we have received everything good. We are not the authors of our own good. We are in the position of people with their hands out uh, and then having our hands filled over and over and over. Sometimes the instrument is a loved one or a friend. Uh, Sometimes it's ancestors who built uh, a public library. But all good gifts come ultimately from God. So our thanks always has a double object. The people who are instruments of goodness coming to us, but God who made them the kind of people who would do that. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Dr. Cornelius Plantinga, President Emeritus of Calvin Theological Seminary and author of Gratitude, Why Giving Thanks is the Key to Our Well-Being. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Greg Kokel on using questions to answer Christianity's toughest challenges. First, you're gathering information. Second step, and in, in what do you mean by that? Some kind of question like that. Then you're, you're, you're wanting to know the reasons why a person believes what he just told you he believes. So you're going to reverse the burden of proof. 
and then you're going to use questions to make a point. That's tomorrow at the same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.